0: You taking ownership individually for your experience, for your life, for your desires, your pleasure, that is the foundation of relationship. Me doing the same for myself, it's inside out. That's the cup then truly does runneth over. And two individuals in partnership that are radically committed to that process, that's a really delicious recipe.
1: I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production.
0: The turntables have turned, y'all. They
1: have. <laughs> <laughs> we can't seem to do anything. <laughs> On the professional front and just be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I love you. It's great. We're so good. We're going to do this and it's going to be so exciting and I love you. And almost 100% of the time before we do anything kind of like work related or recording related.
0: Resistance comes up.
1: We have to like almost not be able to do the thing.
0: Yeah. We got to process fight for the last 22 minutes or so. We've been in it.
1: We don't fight.
0: I get out. I just want you to leave. (laughs) I just, I'm over it. (laughs) Are you? No.
1: Look at our sweet dogs.
0: We have the sweetest dogs.
1: We have sweet dogs. They're laying here. I mean, I guess we're winning in some way because both of their nervous systems are totally relaxed. That's a good point. And so maybe that's progress, you know? like I work with my people, my ladies, very recently. There's one in particular that's just like, how do I still find myself here? Like wherever mm. here is? And then my response to her is Whoa, 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 hang on. Where is here actually compared to where it was before? Because these things look way different. Before, you were lost in it, feeling hopeless, unable to close the gap between when like this kind of spiral would get started mm. and like the space between when it would get started and when it would find its conclusion and like the like tumultuous terrain in between. Mm-hmm. It's like, now you feel it coming on and you have all these tools, like this idea that progress mm. in relationship and progress in life is that you do a thing that you don't like. And then all of a sudden a light bulb goes on and you're aware of it. And then you jump from aware to don't do it anymore Yeah, next week.
0: Oh, that's like the lifelong progress is oh shit I have this awareness now doesn't mean it maybe ever goes away
1: no and so I even think like and it's of course ironic it's always ironic when we're going to sit down and record <laughs> on a particular subject that like right before it we're like this feels almost incongruent yep. where are we not like hypocrite or fucking fraud fraud whatever like all that stuff and then there's this impostory stuff but. No, we do our relationship
0: really, really well. Tell them, babe.
1: It's really admirable, I think.
0: Yes, it is. I
1: think, I agree. including and especially the difficult stuff, the crunchy stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes us, I would say, maybe even more admirable than all the mushy gushy love stuff mm-hmm. because that's not special, the mushy gushy love stuff. That's not necessarily. Uh, our
0: version of it, mean, I'd say, is quite special. Sure. And sure. I hear what you're saying, sweetie.
1: Yeah. And so looking at. How we just approached the microphones. We just um, said,
0: fuck it, we're going live. Yeah. The and we The best we'll just way to work it through out. it is to just flow.
1: Sure. So, <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. Jordan's the leader.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> well, he is. He actually is leading this one. So, uh-huh.
1: I'm going to shut the fuck up.
0: That's why the turntables have turned because I'm going to interview you. Great. Mm. My conscious queen babeski has been, she's been onto something. She's tapped into some energy and it felt really exciting, relevant, important to share it with our people. How would you describe this vein of inspiration, this wave that you're riding more recently, like the past, kind of like this year in particular, the first couple to a few months of this year. And I think that it has from my Perspective has to do with a little bit of the post miscarriage integration and a lot of things that came up from that. A word for me that feels really powerful and relevant to what I see happening within you is a level of it's ownership, a level of radical ownership that is so mature, it's so sexy, mm. it's insanely encouraging. Mm. Yeah, and I want to say much more, but I just, I'm curious how you would describe what you're experiencing, what you're going through, what you're tapped into.
1: Can I counter your question with a question?
0: Yes, let's just do that. <laughs> let's do the Socratic method may, back and forth. May I, all episode,
1: ask a question to uh-huh. your question? And this is really even just for me, just to hear how you phrase this, but what have you seen me, like, what have you seen in me? Hmm. What have you seen in the shift? Like you say, with this radical ownership or whatever, and post miscarriage, like, yeah, I'm curious what your experience has been like with me and, mm-hmm. and what's really stood out.
0: Yeah, some things that come to mind, you generally feel happier, mm-hmm. just consistently more content. Content has a different charge for me than happy. It's like you're, you're content. Mm-hmm. At peace. Uh, yeah, at peace. And I don't know that I've ever experienced that this profoundly and consistently in our relationship it's like you've made a decision and it feels almost too simple to say it like that, but that's what it really feels like is you've made a decision. I'm going to be happy. And with that is not, I'm not talking about the bliss bunny kind of ignorant type of happy, if you will. Bypassing. It's, yeah. Bypassing. It's more, I feel this, this is coming up. I'm human and I'm going to choose to be happy. And that is just the way that I live, the way that you're living. Mm-hmm. And it's different. Not that you were unhappy before per se, but you have big emotions. And I, I love that about you, even when I fucking hate it. <laughs> and it feels like you have, are just recalibrating your relationship to those, emotion, those emotions and what they mean and how you express them and how you own them and flow them, process. See, so yeah, I could say much, much more, but that's how I'm experiencing it overall. And there's definitely little more specific things, but mm. that's the overarching.
1: Okay, great. It's working. (laughs) When we went through miscarriage at the end of 2022, and I've spoken about this, we had a whole podcast dedicated to it. But when we did that podcast, there was much more to it than what we knew what was coming at the time when we recorded that episode. Because at that point, we just thought that the miscarriage was complete and that we were just, it was an unfortunate thing. And we were just like kind of dusting our hands off and moving on. Mm -hmm. And then the most challenging thing, like the thing that made it even more challenging for me. And I think for us was when I needed medical intervention to complete the miscarriage. And I needed to get these shots of a chemo drug called methotrexate. And then it was just going to the weight of it all I really felt it then. I was in pain. I was uncomfortable and we were moving at the time. And so there was just a lot of things that were going on and it was just like converging, just like over commitment, complete and total barren cup. For me, certainly, I think for you in some ways too. And it just really got so hard. And I was committed to delivering the window of healing and the miscarriage recovery of showing up and leading a three-day experience for my clients, my co-facilitator the day before it was supposed to start wound up with the flu. And so I had to take this whole big experience all by myself with like very minimal help. And this was all just piling on. And in the piling on, it was just like the depths of my suffering of grief, of loss, of unhappiness, of just at times numbness of just like, I know I'm a very emotional creature and I move and breathe and I communicate with my emotions and tears are a part of my language. And I've been for my whole life. And it was in that like mess that there was a point in time where you're in love with me again. Yeah. Jordan just scooted closer to me. So we are in fact we are in fact ruptured and repaired.
0: (laughs) You saw it live. Yeah, you saw it live. I didn't see the rupture, but
1: so it was in that place of just like being in it and partly wanting to give myself like the space to feel my feelings, but also realizing that me feeling my feelings in the way that I was doing it was pushing people that care about me away. And I was pushing you away and I was irritated and frustrated and it was almost, I could see a pattern starting to form where I was leveraging and using my discomfort and grief and emotions as a means to just make it all even worse. And I remember, and again, overcommitting and going to Thanksgiving and doing that road trip. And there was a point in time where we were in the car and you even raised your voice and you were like, we need help there was something just about that entire experience and like going and doing the over commitment and all of that, where I'm like, it was just so much. And I'll just like round that out by saying it was so much that the idea of like, okay, something needs to change and someone needs to help us. It was there. And then I was not convinced that that was really what was going to change what the dynamic that was playing out. And what wound up happening post all of that is that I took everything off my plate that I possibly could, and I focused solely on regulating my nervous system, healing, and being with myself and showing up for myself in a way that I've never shown up for myself before so that I could be in grief and I could be in my feelings. And it didn't mean that I had to then project and push and all of this, all the people around me, away from me, because I had all kinds of like unhealthy stories starting to form about my friendships and about my place in my family and my place in our relationship and what I'm doing with my work. And it just got really heavy and really big. And I was like, having someone else help us through this isn't necessary and helping us to just like process and talk more isn't going to help this. It really isn't. And continuously having conversations with you. Yes. Difficult conversations are necessary in relationship, but over fucking processing everything, 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 I think sometimes does worse. It does more harm than good.
0: It's my nightmare.
1: It is a nightmare. It is actually a nightmare and it doesn't really go anywhere. And so I got to a place where I just wanted to take just radical responsibility for my actions and my state and my being and really get to a place where it was like, how can I let myself feel my feelings without causing more pain? It was challenging. And I think that was like the catalyst for what you're seeing now, Yeah, because it's now been about six months since the miscarriage happened, since we had that happen. And What I decided in the midst of that, so I started like how much, just not really all that much context, but like, I basically decided that I wanted to be more feminine in our relationship and that me trying to control things was hurting me. And I wanted to see all of the places that I was trying to control things. Cause that was a big thing that came with the miscarriage is that, okay, well, as soon as it's done and then actually needing the medical intervention, like pushed our baby timeline way it felt like way further out and i was like i'm losing time and now i'm going to be 35 by the time baby comes and like all these things that i was holding on to is like i need to have these things done in this way it became really clear how much i was trying to control all things that i could mm. not control it was impossible for me to control the control was suffocating me it was crushing me and i was validating myself and making excuses for myself and all these stories about it but it still is uncontrollable and then i was trying to control you In the process, control how you supported me, control how you showed up for me, controlled how you and I were coming together for like conception sex. And like I was doing it in these like subtle, manipulative, like even like dark feminine kinds of ways and sometimes even overtly where I'm just like directly trying to control to the point where like my energy gets so big that you then shift what you're doing just so that I will calm down. And then I'm pissed that you rolled over and let me step on you. And then I'm pissed at everything. It's like everything Ah. I've created, I'm fucking pissed at it. And I just got so over that story and so over that bullshit. So I let a lot of things go in the process of like really trying to take care of myself, like letting go of the apps and letting go of the tracking and letting go and just Doing my best to follow my pleasure, doing my best to follow what do I actually want in this moment, quieting the noise of the outside world so that I could listen to my heart and I could listen to my body. And it's like, what do you need? And it's like, oh, do you need to go cry? Go cry. Do you need a cup of tea? Go get a cup
0: of tea. You drink so much tea now.
1: Yeah, I do. It's like tea everything. Queen. And I realized you like, everything just needs to slow the fuck down. So much of my life has been like, how quickly can you produce? How fast can you make things go? How buttoned up can you make it all appear? And I just needed to be messy and I needed to let myself be messy and I needed to read books for hours at a time and drink tea and lay on my day bed and just like go get a massage and go get acupuncture. And I feel so fortunate that I was able to give myself those things because not everybody is able to do that. And I just was like, I'm just going to keep showing up for my healing one moment at a time. One session at a time, I did EMDR therapy for a while to work on specifically like the trauma response that I was having with regards to the miscarriage. We came to this like kind of aha moment that I started considering my, I considered like the trauma of the miscarriage. I associated it with my work. And so I started panicking whenever I would have to go into a work kind of situation and environment. And so like I had to be very slow with myself and very gentle with myself. And you stepped up in a really big way. And so that was all like the lead in and the start. And then kind of like where my story starts to shift. And I would say is like a bit more replicable in some ways. If you don't get the like, learn to love yourself and actually take care of yourself. And it's not just, oh, I should go to the gym. So I'm going to beat myself up with shame until I go there. And then I feel better after. But that wasn't actually pleasurable because it wasn't, didn't feel great on the way in felt pretty good while there. And on the way out, I feel mostly good, but very quickly I'm like, man, I got to do this again sometime soon. (laughs) And then it's dread. So like just slowing all that down. So you went to Japan Mm -hmm. and I made it my mission while you were in Japan. How do I make this sustainable? My word for the year is happy, is happiness. And what really matters here in my life and in my work, because we kept trying strategies. Okay, I'm going to do all the more feminine oriented stuff in the house. We're going to adopt more traditional, but like modern traditional roles. You're going to take more of this and I'm going to take more of that. And let's see how that works. All strategy, not built from authenticity. Mm. And sometimes that's great until it starts to feel right. But then while you were gone, I had already been listening to Alison Armstrong's work. I went even deeper into Alison Armstrong's work and learning about women and learning about men and the cycles and the phases that men go through and how to understand women. And I've always been appreciative of her work, but I haven't like gone in and listened to pretty much anything that I could get my hands on. And then I wound up listening to The Empowered Wife by Laura Doyle. And that one, it's weird because I would recommend anyone who's in partnership, especially with a man, Who's in partnership just in partnership in general any woman and whether you're married or not to listen to that book some of the language is not my favorite and it might even come across as disempowering in some ways like we're going back to these like traditional marriage and whatever kind of roles and where the woman's just like anything you want honey and her whole world is dictated by what her husband wants and blah 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 if you want to listen to it with that lens go right the fuck on (laughs) and you'll be miserable. You'll literally be miserable in your relationship dynamic as it stands and trying to do any of the exercises or take on any of the things that are in the book. But for me, I listened with so much personal development, therapy work, spiritual tools. Like I have so much already in my tool belt. So when I listened to something like that, it was like,
0: whoa, I mean, you did it with an open mind, open heart. Yes, yes. It took what really resonated and landed. And if it doesn't, cool, you release it. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because it isn't my style, it's not my language. And. The main thing that was really coming up strongly, and I was already starting to write about this and talk about this, and it was coming together for me. And I've said it in so many ways in my programs and stuff over the years, but it started to really land because I've always believed that it's possible for a woman to transform her relationship from the inside out, from inside of her out. I've always believed that a woman can be the muse for her man, that the way that she shows up in herself and in her body and in her life, that the things that she desires and she wants from the man that she's partnered with, that he'll be in some ways seduced. He'll rise for her. he will meet that. He'll meet her and she will get what she wants, her deepest desires by tending to herself first and by taking complete and total ownership for the role that she plays. And I'm not talking about you say something that's actually fucked up to me. And then I go in the other room and I ruminate about how that was all my fault. Mm. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ways that I try to overtly and covertly manipulate with my sex and my energy. And every time that I try to control you, the times when I don't accept the fact that you're a different person And that you have made it all throughout your life to the point where we met when we were 29 years old and you were doing a damn good job. You didn't need me to come into your life. You wanted to be in a relationship with me because of who you get to be with me, not because you're so excited for me to be partnered with you and me to change all this shit that I think is not quite right with you or that could be better. If I mean it when I say I didn't marry someone based off of their potential, I mean, yeah, in some ways. I am married to you for your potential because I can see your greatness and I can see your highest and I can see your truth. But I'm not in a relationship with your potential. Yeah. Like you need to be this way and you need to be this thing. And so I realized in my own like listening to this book and my own processing it, and also I've been doing the artist way, kind of on and off, mostly on for the last like eight weeks, where I'm journaling every morning.
0: Yeah, it's a morning writing practice. It's great, and that has seemed like that's been really impactful. Th- and for I you. almost
1: forgot that has been huge and so that's definitely been a big part of it too so i was already writing about these things in my journal and i just decided i'm done disrespecting you like damn straight i'm done i know you want to like put like the joke on it but yeah. i've been incredibly disrespectful mm. to to your uniqueness and your gifts and your creativity and your human i have been so incredibly disrespectful and i'm sorry
0: mm. i love you so much Thank you.
1: And I want you to be your own person. And it forces me to look at myself when I'm not busy looking at all the things that I don't have in the way that I don't have it because of you. Then I have to look at myself and I have to look at the choices that I am making and I have to look at the media input that I have, and the books that I'm reading, and the people that I'm listening to, and the times that I am actually overcommitting myself—like I have to look at my choices and my decisions because I want you to be my hero, but you can't be my savior. You can't save me from myself. So, those have been the big things.
0: You're channeling. <laughs> that was like a solid 20 minute monologue, pretty much.
1: Yeah, and I almost—I was going to tell myself not to do it, and then I was like,
0: Ugh. "You're in it." Flow with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So back to you.
0: That was really beautiful. Yeah. I think you encapsulated very well a lot of what I've been seeing and experiencing from you. And I want to double click on a couple things. Yeah. This ownership concept from a more masculine perspective, one of the books that's in the top 10. Oftentimes top five that I recommend for men that I work with or just anyone who follows me or cares. Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And Jocko Willink's pretty well known nowadays. He's a highly decorated Navy SEAL commander. And he, I mean, just a bona fide fucking badass through and through. The book Extreme Ownership, it's very entertaining because he tells a lot of stories and he tells stories of him in battle, as well as being like a consultant for CEOs and companies. And he relates them all back to this concept of extreme ownership. So it's one thing to take ownership, but extreme ownership is the next level. It's where an acknowledgement that anything in my world, everything that influences me, I own it. Mm -hmm. I play a role in it. Mm -hmm. Even, and especially the things that seem like, well, there's no way that I have any ownership. Clearly this was not my fault or there's something outside of me, external circumstances, yada, yada, yada. It's like, no, no, no. If you follow this philosophy and believe it, that I'm the architect of my reality, my destiny, and everything that I experience, I have some level of ownership. And I'll use the word control over in this context meaning I can influence it. At the very least, I can decide the energy that I show up to these things. I can own that. And I've seen you do that in your own feminine way. And it's been so inspiring. Mm. And it's really trickled over in, into how I'm supporting men because I'm just seeing what you're doing. And I'm seeing some guys that I work with and some of their partners are in their shit. They're in gnarly trauma patterns. And it's I have so much compassion for that. Cause like, yeah, life can be tough. It can be kind of cruel. There can be fucked up unfair, very real victim type of circumstances and scenarios that can have a really big imprint and impact. And I'm choosing to live a life that's empowered. Like yes. that's my North star. And so that's something I'm very much certainly encouraging in myself and you and our dynamic and people that are in our world. And you being the shining light of that from the woman, from the feminine perspective, has been just so beautiful. So I acknowledge and praise the shit out of you, my lady.
1: Sex and Love Co. is officially back in bed with Yoni Pleasure Palace. We really are a match made in heaven. YPP continuously amazes me. Once a company known for their Yoni eggs and crystal pleasure wands, they have grown into a truly remarkable brand with many services and additional products like glass, steel, and wood pleasure tools for those of you who like a more natural element in your toy collection, as well as waterproof sex blankets, you know, that's one of my faves, Yoni steam herbs and stools, strap-on harnesses, specialty vibrators, anal toys and prostate massagers, water and oil-based lubricants, breast massage oil, menstrual products, and so much more. If you can believe, I have quite a collection of things that fall under the category of adult products. By far, the most impressive part of my collection are the items I have by Yoni Pleasure Palace. Every purchase I make or gift that I give from YPP has an element of sacredness to it. And that truly takes them above and beyond any other brand I've tried or that I've worked with. I've got great news, my love. With our recent recommitment in partnership, Yoni Pleasure Palace has increased my code, that sex chick, from taking 10% off of your order to 15% off your entire YPP purchase. Hell yes. Yes. So head to the link in the show notes to add yoni Pleasure Palace to your collection and don't forget to use the promo code that sex chick at checkout for fifteen percent off your entire order yeah, we've all had fucked up shit go on in our lives and some people have had really fucked up shit yeah I'll just say that and still trauma trauma happens in the body to people, their patterns, their protectors, their habits, the way that they express it and all of that. And I am choosing that. Here's what I'm choosing for myself. I may be working on the abandonment thing my whole life with you in some ways, but certainly for myself. And I might be working some of the things that I experienced in previous relationships, growing up, all of that. And you as well. And that doesn't mean that we don't get to have an exceptional relationship filled with love and harmony and happiness now. And I believe that that is a choice. And if I can encourage, and this is definitely something that's coming up in a lot of my coaching with the women that I'm with, because it's interesting because there's parts of me where I'm like, for six years, I've been coaching it in a particular way. And every year, every month, it's always better. There's always better insights. And I believe that it's all been working. And there's something recently that has shifted that has been like such a pressure valve release for me and for the women because it's like when I can take way more ownership and I only focus on the things that I can actually control and stop trying to control all the things I have no chance in yeah. controlling or that if I feign control, I actually don't want the thing. It's not good enough. It's not right. I'm not going to be happy. So it's like the reversal and like putting all of that ownership. It's like, I'm going to allow myself to have the experiences that I've had in the past, continue on my personal development and healing journey, show up for myself because that's what is required of me in order to be in a great relationship. And that's my personal responsibility. Come on now. Right. And so to me, it's so disempowering for someone who has been a victim of any sort to think, well, to themselves, it's disempowering to think like, oh, well, I am this way and you need to just be okay with it. And I'm this way because this happened to me, or I'll deserve love or I'll be okay once I heal this thing. Mm. It's like, okay, cool. Yes. And a lot of that's maybe bullshit. Mm. Maybe it's bullshit. Like you can absolutely have these things. And a lot of it will go down to, are they even open and willing to receive on any level what is also their birthright, which is the love and the affection and the desire and all that from others and from themselves. And like that's a choice too. I have great friends and I have amazing clients and there's a number of them that. Like I even offer or I send them a little thing or I offer to do something for them and they resist the fuck out of it. They're so uncomfortable here. Let me do this thing for you. Oh, I brought you this thing or I'm going to take care of this. And they're just like, no, no, no. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Bear down, bear down like their energies up, up, up. Like they can't possibly let it in. And I'm like, oh, it's crushing to me. And it breaks my heart. Like They're not open or willing to receive any kind of assistance or help. They're not willing to receive it from themselves. They're not willing to receive it from others. And I can just about guarantee that it's causing so much strife in their relationship because the man that's in their life wants to provide yeah, and wants to be the hero and wants to have a purpose,
0: wants to give.
1: And even if he's not necessarily the breadwinner in the family, let's just say that, He still wants his sacred duty and his sacred role. And that is to be respected as the man in the relationship, which is the provider and the protector and the holder. Mm. And that's a choice that I make. I didn't realize how simple it could be. And maybe it's simple to me now because of all the work I've done in the past, or maybe it was simple all along Mm. where it's like, no, you are this thing. And if I want true polarity in our relationship, cause you came in and you let you like, you came home from Japan and you're like, I can't keep my hands off of you. And I'm like, I know.
0: Yum, yum, give me some.
1: Right. I, I just, I'm like, I know. I'm like, I don't know what's different. I do. I'm not being an asshole anymore. Uh-huh. Right. And I'm not trying to over process everything with you. That's another thing that I've decided. Like, yes, great communication. We have great communication and not everything needs to be processed with you. It's what I've got yeah. girlfriends for. Mm -hmm. and some things take it to my journal it's just for me
0: yeah there's a couple things i want to speak to before we start to round this out receiving and it's a bit of a cheesy cliche personal development concept but fuck it's so on point being a golden receiver as i've heard it said is, As you've said it. <laughs> well, I got that from someone else. Oh, you got did? it from someone else. Yeah, okay. I first heard it from Brandon. I was just talking to some of my guys last night about this, that it is a skill that you cultivate and can practice in your everyday life. Like when someone's trying to give you something, even if you actually genuinely don't want it, take it anyway. Try that for a while. Receive it anyway. Receive it anyway. And see how that conditioning starts to work its magic it reminds me of the movie yes man with jim carrey low-key one of the most amazing personal development movies out there i remember when i first watched it i was just blown away this was i think it was before i even intentionally got into this world of working on myself but the lesson for him is he was saying no all the time out of fear and so he needed to swing the pendulum way the other way radically and start saying yes to fucking everything And his life started getting awesome until it didn't because he'd learned the lesson and then he wasn't tapping into his own autonomy and discernment. And so that's, I think the practice can be very much applied to receiving, receive anything and everything that wants to be given to you and just be open to become that golden receiver and see what happens. And then you can recalibrate somewhere in the middle and receive what you actually want. So, yeah, that felt important to point out because I think that's big and a lot of people because it ties into some of the cultural norms of oh, don't be selfish or like, oh, no, I, I'm OK. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't need that. It's like, well, it's not about needing. I want to be given things. It feels good to be given things, to be loved in that way.
1: And I want help.
0: Yeah, and I want help. Fuck. I want help. Who doesn't want help? Everybody wants help. If you and say you don't want help, you're a liar.
1: Imagine if you just like a constant, constant, like you've been given the message that you can do everything mm-hmm. and that you're strong and that all these things, and then you refuse, 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 and then go home. And it's like, can you just imagine the feeling that you have? You know, if you live your whole life, like just refusing anyone's like connection in that way. Mm -hmm. You're also, not only are you not receiving, but you're not giving the gift of allowing someone to provide for you or support you. And so that doesn't feel good on their side either.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a great point. And then the other thing I wanted to say to wrap this up a bit, you taking ownership individually for your experience, for your life, for your desires, your pleasure, that is the foundation of relationship. Me doing the same for myself—it's inside out. That the cup then truly does runneth over, and two individuals in partnership that are radically committed to that process—that's a really delicious recipe. And I think that's the core message of this transmission: is radical ownership. And I think where the part of the nuance and the difference and the uniqueness of this is. Specifically for you as a woman doing that and In a sense transcending some of these memes these stories in society around how that's supposed to look and what's appropriate and all those kind of things I'm challenging myself and anybody who's listening to this to question those things and to really Ask myself How am I contributing to this? What do I actually want? What is the best way to get there? And it's not outside of me. It's inside of me
1: Yeah well I know you're bleeding, but bleeding and.
0: I you said, I know you're bleeding for a second. Like, no, actually, you are. <laughs> Stop. How much you are. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're so strange (laughs) and I respect you and I accept you, Uh which not to be confused, doesn't mean I agree with you all the time,
0: important distinction,
1: but I accept that you're your own person with your own thoughts and feelings and experiences and desires and wants and uh, creativities and imaginations and all of that. And you're outside of me Mm. and it feels really shitty when people judge me for those things. And so I imagine it feels really shitty if I do that to you, the person that I am committed to and love the very most, mm-hmm. you know? So I guess I want to maybe leave. So he says, yes, transmission, but I kind of think I want to leave our recording of this episode today with maybe a little bit more of the tangible how to's, because we've been in discussion of like, this feels this particular way and like something will happen in our relationship. And I'm like, it's working. Wow. Like magic, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And of course there's so much more to this experience in this story and it's very nuanced and so we're talking about our particular story. Anyway, there's just more. And you can expect more content to come out with more of these lessons and and all that kind of blended into it and how it can translate into your intimacy and your sex life and getting what you want and getting more of what you want and what you desire there. Sure. But we've been in the discussion of like, how can a man support a woman in doing this for herself? Maybe before she's even ready to do Mm -hmm. it, because Mm -hmm. some women are going to have a really challenging time letting relinquishing control and receiving and taking space and slowing down and they have this laundry list of reasons Mm. why they can't and why their situation is unique and how all these things, and they can do it only then and only when and Mm. blah, blah, blah. So what do you think are some ways that, you know, so I'm taking this responsibility for myself. And so how do you think maybe the male counterpart, if like, let's say I couldn't see it, but you were clued into some Mm. of these things. What do you think that could look like?
0: So I put out a challenge to a group of my clients, very much inspired by you. And it's something along the lines of what would it look like if you were to be a ruthless stand for your woman's self-pleasure and just practices for self-love, I should say self-love. That's beautiful. And so I posed some ideas and examples of what it could look like. And I want to be clear, there's a distinction here. I'm not trying to hold you accountable to anything. I'm not being your coach. I'm not saying you need to do this because I think it's good for you. Fuck that noise. That will not land. That will not go over well. Trust me. Tried to do that. What do I authentically know, believe based on knowing you so well, in theory, better than anyone that is good for you and that you want And I'm not coming from an energy of you need to do this, you should do this. No, no, it's like, I'm supporting you in making this happen. I'm stacking the deck in your favor. And so one example, this I think is a really kind of funny but good one, is your nails. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So for most of our relationship, probably until like maybe the last year-ish or less, it's been this weird... Point of tension between us where you get your nails done like every two to three weeks, roughly, like pretty consistently. And for a while, it's like, it's like a $200 expense, but then they're also fine oftentimes, in my delusional man opinion. Like, why do you keep doing this? And and it was (laughs) at first, I was genuinely like, this is stupid. I'm frustrated, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) It's a waste of money. And then I started to realize, oh no, this makes you feel good. This is something that is part of your self love. And whatever. Beliefs I have about it doesn't matter. This is good for you. On the one hand, it's certainly me not throwing any shame or shade your way about this. So at the very least that. and a step further, it's encouraging you. It's validating you, it's, "Oh, your nails look, they really do. You, this most recent one you did looks really cute and beautiful. And it's, yeah, praising that and encouraging you to do that. And so this is something I shared with the guys, and it really landed with this group of guys because I think there's a a lot of people have similar experiences. Yeah. A lot of men toward their women with some of like the look, the glamour stuff. We if you will. don't do <laughs>
1: things logically,
0: yeah, not and, really. And so that was an example. Is like encourage your woman, make an appointment for her. Fuck, maybe even one time you go with her to do oh. your toes or some oh. shit. Right? We haven't done that yet, so I, I think, want to though. I think we should. So that's one example. Another is. The classic scheduling a massage. Who doesn't like to... If you don't like you to get a massage, what is wrong with you? You know, like one person, <laughs> one friend, and it's weird, and it's I'm weird. suspect about she it. She also
1: doesn't like baths, <clears throat> yeah, which is weird exactly. to me, but anyway. And so,
0: well, let me tell you what it's not. It's not, hey, you said you wanted to go to the gym, and you haven't gone to the gym this week. You need to go to the gym, or, or however I would say. Oh, my God. You know how much baggage if is wrapped up in that shit.
1: want to... End your life.
0: Yeah. Now here's, here's what could be an example of that, and then I gotta go, baby. Yeah. Is like a yoga class. We both know that we like yoga for many reasons. It's a physical practice. Gets the body moving, sweat, and there's a peace. And just all kinds of benefits from it. So it's, hey, let's do a yoga class together. That's really exciting to me. So uh, there's many more examples, but it's being a stand for your self-care. And again, not in a way where I'm trying to tell you what to do, coach you, anything like that. It's because I love you. And I know what's good for you based on how well I know you.
1: And here's the last thing that I want for you to maybe touch on in the last 60 seconds before you have to hop off. And it's when, let's say I am being disrespectful you need to know when that registers for you. In some ways, you need to know like when it doesn't feel good and you're starting to maybe cower at my energy or I'm just gonna use us as an example, but essentially say you speaking this way isn't gonna cut it. Like it's not, this is not acceptable. And so like when a woman is like, being in a particular way and we're using, I'm like basing this a kind of loosely off of like our dynamic, but like when she is like trying to control or isn't bending and isn't receiving or any of those things, or is even like in some ways, like loosely name calling or like eye rolling or this, like just pushing this negative kind of energy of just like, and I can imagine a man would just be like, why did you chill the fuck out? What is happening right now? At some point, I think there, instead of like him just being like, I want to do anything to just make you calm down and help you calm mm, down. Yeah, it's like, Hey, you, I love you. I love you fiercely. You may not speak this way. Yeah. You may not speak to me like that.
0: It's loving and direct. You may not. And it's, should you
1: continue? We're going to have this conversation later.
0: Yeah. And it's not being disrespectful. It's not me getting hijacked by my emotions because right. my pain body is poked by right, what you're doing. Right. It's me just standing in truth. Yeah. And all and say divinity. It feels very godly to be like, no, 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 no. That's not okay. I love you. I love you too much to let that happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And even owning the, like, I'm feeling disrespected and she could potentially like lose her damn mind and be like, you're disrespected. blah yeah. blah. It's like, we're going to stop here. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love myself. Like we're going to have to take some space. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's standing up for yourself as well and not allowing that to perpetuate in your relationship. And that's been, that's a thing that I'm noticing as well. So stay tuned for part two. No, I don't want our people to feel like we've just like picked them up and dropped them. So, what are your parting words?
0: By parting words, yeah, it's ownership, it's radical ownership. That's my parting words. R- read that book, especially for men and I would say for women too, like you'll get value out of it. But yeah. for my guys, it's a must. Thank you, baby. I love you. We did it. You did it.
1: All things considered. <laughs> yes. We made it. And so my last let's say parting words are for the ladies that are listening because I imagine that there's more ladies that listen to the show than there are men that listen to the show and it's really like take stock of your life. Take stock of your relationship and see like just use this experiment what can you take ownership for and pay attention especially in the places where you have a yeah but like yeah but this wouldn't be this way if he wasn't xyz that is let's just call that like a little alarm bell there for you to dig even deeper, because I've come to find out, or I've come just over the past, I mean, goodness, I've been doing this work for a really long time, but especially over the last like six months or so, that there's always something that I can go in and take ownership for. And when I own my part, Jordan responds, nearly a hundred percent of the time. And like a beautiful response to that thing where he then takes ownership for his side. He gives me the touch that I want. He gives me the love that I want, but it starts first with me taking ownership and showing up for myself in a really beautiful way, in a way that I need. And I feel... Like in some ways where I'm like, wow, I'm really powerful. I'm really, really powerful in my relationship and in my life. And it comes, it starts with me looking within and then the world starts to shift and change and bend to what my ultimate desires are. But it also takes me knowing what those desires are. And the only way I get to my desires is by being connected to my pleasure and a Tantra teacher I've gone and sat and listened to recently says that pleasure is an experience of the body. Joy is an experience of the spirit. And bliss is an experience where it's neither, it's everything and nothing. And you can access, you know, make your way to bliss, flow, everything and nothingness by first being able to ask yourself, what is pleasurable? And if you don't have connection to what is pleasurable, then it's hard to be able to voice your desires and it's hard for you to give yourself what you need. And it's hard for your partners to be able to give you what you need as well. And it just makes for a really murky, lackluster, irritable, frustrated, overcommitted, overworked, overstressed life. And the only way that I've really been able to like really get in touch with these things is by slowing a lot of my life down And I at first resisted the fuck out of that. Slowing my life down just meant my business wouldn't grow and my life wouldn't expand and I wouldn't keep developing and all of these things. And it has been quite the contrary, more of what I knew I wanted and what I believe that I wanted in my life is coming to me now that I have taken some space and have slowed down and have gotten in touch with those other things. And I think my last, last thing for you all is, I know, especially for the ladies, like do an experiment do an experiment for let's say the next week where you infallibly you have this as a mantra i respect and i accept my husband my partner i accept him or her you know it's i accept and like i said it doesn't mean that you agree with everything that they're doing or everything that they are saying or their decisions but you accept that they are their own person with their own dreams and desires and ways of processing. And you accept them as a different creature and you respect them. They have their own lessons to learn in life. And just because you are in a partnership doesn't mean you are the same person. I've watched so much magic unfold in my own life by taking a breath In the moments where I want to tell Jordan that he's watering the plants the wrong way or that he's stacking the dishes in the dishwasher ineffectively. Or could he just please fold the fucking towels in a trifold so that two rows can fit in the cabinet? That actually doesn't matter. It doesn't actually matter. Our intimacy matters. And so he's his own person and he's not folding the towels in half just to piss me off. It's because it's what he knows and it's what he remembers and he's not my kid for me to train and teach or my dog for me to train and teach. He's my fucking husband and I love him. And so do an experiment. How can you accept and respect your partner infallibly and see how they show up for you in the ways that you have always wanted them to show up for you without you having to push without you having to have a hard conversation, without you having to be like, yeah, but my needs, like watch it happen organically. (sighs) All right, that's my last piece. I love you all so dearly. It's interesting that I was able to have Jordan for only like 30 to 40 minutes for this episode and then he had to jet. And so now I'm left with all of you by myself. And so I'm like, now what do I do? It's kind of like, I feel like the show's just getting started now that I have the mic by myself, but yeah, so I'll round this out. I love you so much. And I believe in your love and I believe that you can have anything and everything that you want and so much more in your life and in your relationship. And again, the only thing that you actually have control over is how you show up in it all. It's the only thing that you have control over. So what are you going to do with that? I love you. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.